watch this space. I haven't done this episode yet. I'll do it later. Fourteen episodes later, here I am. I um, I got bored with culture, but I had set aside this episode, Culture Part 3, in which, you know, I was going to say more. And I think I had intended for Culture Part 4, Culture Part 5, Culture Part 6, and so on, because culture's huge. Um, but f- I, I got distracted by something else, and then I didn't come back to this, and this... And here I am, back to this. Uh, But trouble is, the novelty has worn off. The novelty of culture as a subject has worn off. You know, I don't don't stay interested in something for very long. Uh, So, I'm going to cheat. And and finish off this mini-series on culture, you know, which is part one, part two, part three, with something I'm going to read out. Now, I've never done that before. I've done 91 episodes in total, um, all off the top of my head, you know, all about an hour each, you know, on average, maybe. So, and all freewheeling. Um, And, you know, my ethos is not to research, not to get things right, you know, because that's not the point. Um, But I just really can't be bothered thinking of anything more about culture. You know, I know I could, you know, and it wouldn't be of a high quality. It'd just be my thoughts. But here I go. I'm going to read something. Now, I thought I would read something from a dictionary. Now, why is this? Well, language, language is a key component of culture or a key um, window into the culture of a people. So, if you want to quickly get to know, say, um, Ethiopian culture, read the foreword of an Ethiopian dictionary. If they do have a foreword at the front of their dictionaries, my bet is just about every dictionary in the world would have a foreword, you know, where somebody... In um in the cult within the culture has been asked to say a few words about what the culture is all about. Now you can go to other places too. There are fifty other places to go to, and you know taking the advantage, uh, t- sorry, taking the um, example of the Ethiopians, uh, because I like to use the Ethiopians as an example because you know it's a fairly foreign place to me, but I've gotten to know it a fair bit through my goddaughter. I could say England or the United States or France, you know, or Greece or Rome, you know, places I'm kind of used to talking about. Uh, But... I got interrupted. That was you, Harley, ringing me on the phone that I'm doing this podcast on... (laughs) Pardon the grammar. Now, um, so, yeah, all right. If you wanted to, who was I talking about? It was the Inuits, wasn't it? Okay, so the Inuits, if you want to get to know, you know if you want a quick look, you know, if you want to get a quick inside look at Inuit culture, well, you can go to Inuit land. Um, yeah, where is that? North Canada or Alaska? <laughs> all right, you can go to those places and, you know, 
stay there for six years. Or you can grab a copy of the Inuit Dictionary and uh, read the foreword, if there is one in there. And if there isn't, read the whole dictionary and you'll get a feel. Once you read a whole dictionary, gee, you'd have a feel for the culture. People you know, might think, for example, that let's say the English, an English dictionary, you know, in England, an Oxford or a Cambridge or something, um, would not be that much different from a dictionary in the US, you know, what is that, the Webster's or something, and that in turn would not be that different to a dictionary in Australia, you know, the Macquarie, which is our, um, our official uh, dictionary. Now, not the Indigenous Dictionary. If you want an Indigenous Dictionary, you know, go and get one. I'm talking about the what we call the Dictionary of the Commonwealth of Australia, which is a very different thing than Indigenous Australia. We're trying, look, to a certain extent, extent our Macquarie is trying to bring those two things together. Yeah. Um, and other things too. Um, the Look, I'm pretty sure that the overall aim of Australia... For most people, you know, there's no great, there's no perfect unity in any land. Um, is best summarised, I think, by something that Stan Grant once said. He's an Indigenous activist, and I really liked what he said. And he said, "Australia is three things." Now he was obviously suggesting that it can be broken down into further things, but he said, in general, three things. Um, it's Indigenous Australia. It's the British tradition and it's the immigrant story. Now, I really like that. Yeah. And I like the way the British tradition is given a status all of its own um, because the whole world is built on the British... No, sorry, the whole world just about <laughs> no the whole country is built you know this whole land now is built on a british tradition it's a little bit like hong kong you might say that you know oh no oh, yeah but it should be more about indigenous australia but it's not you know and should it anyway you know ask a hong kong person you know because hong kong went very british you know became culturally very british in a lot of ways deep down you know because hong kong's part of china no doubt about it, always has been, always will be, you know. But for 99 years, it um, got exposed to the British tradition to the point where now that China's trying to bring Chinese sort of tradition back to Hong Kong now, uh, Hong Kong is rioting. You know, it's fighting for the British tradition. These are Chinese people fighting for the British tradition. You know, and to a certain extent, for the same reason that Hong Kong residents, who are racially Chinese, if you like, are fighting to maintain a British tradition, um, in large part, yeah, I would fight in Australia to maintain a British tradition here. There are people, including Britishers, you know, people, um, Anglos, you know, progressive Anglos, who hate everything to do with Britain, you know. Uh, they, see, they see it as the evil empire, you know. And the Queen Victoria was Darth Vader, you know, and all that sort of thing, and, you know, which it was and which she was to some large part, extent. Um, and they would like to see, you know, they would like to disagree with Stan Grant, the Indigenous activist, and say, no, 
Australia is only Indigenous Australia and everyone else is immigrants, you know, like that. Yeah, and they can think that. And, you know, they're sort of my enemies, those people. Um, and there are a lot of immigrants that think like that too. They hear Anglos speaking like that and they're only too ready to agree. You know, because... Um, but anyway, let's let's move on from all that. I won't get into why, but um, I'm not so sure about that. I'm more with people of Hong Kong. Now, I have to get going again now. I'll come back to this again in a minute. Um, got visitors. <laughs> I'm back again. Had to drop a few people off at the show. Uh, Royal Melbourne show. Yeah, that's part of culture. Yeah. We've got the grand final later. Giants versus Richmond. That's part of culture. Um, there's culture everywhere. Every people, every land has heaps of culture. Yeah. I think I did do an episode where... Did I do that in one of these culture episodes? I did these culture episodes so many weeks ago, I can't remember. But I was just I just drove around a few streets of Melbourne and just talked about what I was looking at and all that was just, you know, loaded up with culture. You know, there's culture everywhere. Culture is way of life. It's very hard to have a way of life without being dead. <laughs> you know, you can't avoid having lots of culture, you know. Um yeah, like I said, if you've got you know, you might have a culture where there's lots of, you know, faith and um dance and music, you know. And you say, that's a lot of culture, you know. And then, you know, someone else might have an absolute ban on dancing and music, which I think Saudi or places like that roughly have at the moment. Or, I, you know, so I think maybe Syria's got that going. You know, wherever the hardline Islam comes in, you know, you get a ban on music. Um, and, you know, a lot of other Muslims will say that's a twisted idea of Islam. But point is that, you know, in the land where that's happening, you get that, you know what I mean? But that's culture in and of itself, you know. Um, a culture of, um, uh, you know, a culture of uh, not having singing and dancing, but, you know, great piety or something, you know, however it works. There's always a lot of culture. Um, everyone's got a lot of culture. Now... And, I, you know, as I suggested somewhere in this episode, to get at culture, because, you know, if you're going to talk about culture, you have to say something. Um, a lot of Australians would say part of Australian culture is not talking about it too much. You know, talking about it a lot less, you know. If you, if you talk too much about something, that's almost n- not very in keeping with Australian culture. You know, going on and on. Yeah, but I was born to go on and on, you know, and I'm an Australian, so, you know, I'm... Uh, sometimes um, talking a lot is part of Australian culture because I talk a lot. Okay, and I'm an Australian. Right, but, yeah. And um, if you want to get at... Uh, who was I talking about? Um, it was um, the Peruvians, wasn't it, earlier? Uh, if you want to get at Peruvian culture, for example, grab a Peruvian dictionary. That's a good place to start and read the foreword. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be a bit of an insight. Yeah, you could go so you you don't have to. A dictionary is just one way. I like dictionaries as a little window into culture because dictionaries are linked to language, and language is a key aspect of culture. Okay, but you could also go to uh, the scriptures of a land. You know the religion, or you could go to um, the constitu- the constitution of the land. You know, uh, and and read the constitution, you know, or the laws of the land, or, you know, the poetry of the land. There's 
it never is. You can go into a pub and uh, just stay there all night having a drink, and they'll tell you a lot about um, culture. You know, like if you go to a pub in Australia, you'll find out a lot about Australian culture. And one of the things that um, someone might tell you if you go in, wander into a pub is, listen, you know what Australia is? It's about sitting and watching the footy with your mates, you know, and not getting a dictionary out and reading the foreword for some reason. <laughs> it's the last thing we, we do as Australians. But, as I say, um, I'm an Australian, I'm about to read you a foreword to the dictionary. Now, 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 what I'm saying there is this is written by someone, the Governor-General, actually, uh, Quentin Bryce. Um, in my dictionary, you know, um, our erstwhile Governor-General, uh, before, before Peter Cosgrove, um, who's our current Governor-General, Head of State, you know, that's part of our culture too. Um, you might say, oh, America's got this culture, you know, where the head of state says a lot. You know, that's Donald Trump. You know, he's always on Twitter saying a lot and doing a lot, you know. And we've got a culture where we've got a governor general who doesn't do much at all or say a lot at all. And so is England, you know. They've got a head of state who is the queen of England who says very little and does very little, you know, and um, intervenes not at all. Yeah, unless absolutely desperate. And, you know, someone might say, well, um, uh, America's got a, a stronger culture because they've got a very visible head of state, you know, um, whereas we've got an invisible one. But that's part of our culture for our Governor General to be um, not very visible and not intervene all that often. You know, that's part of our culture. That is the culture. And it's strong, you know. Um, you know, where's your great leaders? You know, it might say someone from another land. You know, we can read a lot for a whole lot of great leaders, um, and that's part of our culture. You know, we'll say, well, you know what? We haven't got any great leaders, and that's part of our culture. In fact, pity the land which needs heroes, you know. So every culture, culture, you know. All right, now I'm going to talk about Australian culture, but I could have easily just grabbed a Venezuelan dictionary and read the foreword for that and, you know, and you would have found out about Venezuelan culture. But I'll, 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 I'll read out... Uh, whoops, I nearly dropped it. I'll read out the foreword to uh, the um, official Australian dictionary. You'll get a feel for Australian culture out of that. And why am I doing Australia? Well, oh, yeah, all right, because I, I understand it best um, of all the cultures in the world. And plus, I don't have a Peruvian dictionary. I've got an Australian one. All right, the forward. Here it comes. Um, okay. Her Excellency, Ms. Quentin Bryce, Governor-General of the Commonwealth of Australia. Australian poet Judith Beveridge knew that a place will seep into the voice of any local. The process of centuries, our voices are steeped in Australian space and terrain. Our language bears the watermarks of our long narrative. We're proud of our lingo. 
its earthy origins and dry flowerings, its laconic capture of past and prospect. We proudly mystify outsiders with our affectionate misnamings, our trimmings and pairings. I loved the story, as far back as 1897, of Mark Twain being thanked with a brief cue. A shortcut he likened to the rustling of leaves. Pause. Now that's all sort of very flowery. It's very, you know, that's high prose, all of this, the way she's writing, isn't it? And you sort of say, oh, that's not Australian. Well, it is because she's Australian. You know, and if she's writing like that, then it's part of our culture. We have a lot of art in Australia. This is art writing. Um, and there's a place for that, you know. If you're just going to concentrate on um, photos of us at the beach or us at the footy, you know, um, you're only getting a part of our culture. This is part of our culture too. Okay, let's have more of our from our Governor-General. Well, our once upon a time Governor-General. We're proud too, and have long been, of the Macquarie Dictionary. A now iconic collation of idiom, arcana, song, and cherished law, the yield of wise scholarship and a feeling for yarns. The Macquarie speaks uniquely of Australian passage and the evolution of our life in this place. It speaks more broadly of the way it speaks more broadly of the way language places us. Our words mark us out as belonging. Pressing pause again. Now, when you say, oh, can you look something up in the dictionary these days? A lot of people, most people just jump online and um, whatever the definition is there, that's good enough. You know? I have found that definitions given on the online dictionary almost always clash with what I understand a word, for example, to mean. You know, it's, it's not quite right. You know? And it's because the online dictionary is American. It's Webster's. Now, you might, <laughs> you, know, you might think you can pick up any English dic dictionary in, in the English language and find out what a word means. But the, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but um, if you read the entire Australian dictionary, it would be a very different read than if you read the entire, an entire American dictionary. You know, if you read the Macquarie, or even the foreword to the Macquarie, it's a complete, I'm sure it's a completely different read from the uh, foreword to the current Webster's in America and the current Oxford or Cambridge dictionary in England. Um, so a dictionary is not a dictionary. An English dictionary is not an English dictionary. Um, it's, 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 there's, a, there's a major difference in culture, in the language, I'm sure, between reading a dictionary, you know, which is a window into our culture or one aspect of our culture, language, which is an important aspect of our culture. Um, okay. 
So, you know, you just can't grab any old dictionary. Um, uh, I, I don't use the online dictionary as my goddaughter knows. I actually grab out the big paper one. Uh, otherwise, the very act of referring too much to, you know, whatever handy online dictionary you've got, you know, which is a cut-down crap version of, you know, some American, you know, cut-back version of the American full dictionary, yeah, the definition, every time you you just accept whatever you're reading there online, you're actually damaging, diluting, making less unique the Australian language. And uh, and language goes with, together with thinking and feeling and all that sort of stuff. So you're actually um, polluting um, Australian thinking, Australian ways of thinking, you're damaging Australian culture, you know. Um, now, that's not to say that Australian language doesn't evolve. It does, and I'm, um, and absolutely, um, our dictionary acknowledges that. If I end up reading that far, okay. Let's get back to it. Now, this is true of Australia, by the way, but it's also true of every other country. Yeah, um, you know, I mentioned Ethiopian culture, for example. Ethiopian culture would be every bit as fascinating as Australia's on this level, you know. Um, but we'll get back to it. And also, Indigenous Australia rolls in, uh, rolls itself in soon enough, you'll see, if I keep reading this dictionary long enough, because um, we, you know, a lot of Australia, some of Australia is trying to... Um, evolve Australia in a direction that um, encompasses, um, you know, that um, gets the best out of the British tradition, um, Indigenous Australia, and the immigrant story, you know, all that sort of stuff. Right, let's keep going. Where was I? Um, Ms. Quentin Bryce continues... Shared language is common ground. We traverse it every day, often across the flat, sometimes in obscure gullies, occasionally through country rich and radiant, touching hearts and minds. Now I'll have to stop there because I've got to attend to some other things. It's a busy day today. Grand final and a few other things going on. In my career and throughout my life, I have seen the power of language that connects and propels, the grace of words that heal. I have seen nourishing talk that draws people intimately together and conversations that flame out across vast territory and swell to a bellow. I have spoken in the midst of many gatherings scattering my words in hope of later harvests. More often I have listened to stories of hardship and frustration, of unquenchable courage, to quiet outpourings of hope and gentle offerings of art. Pause. You know, that was the Governor-General speaking just then, of course. Now, look, 
she is uh, lying there by omission, you know, but she's got a kind of political or social reason for doing that, you know. Um, Australia has a lot of hate, too, you know. Like, if I was writing the foreword, I would say, you know, there is much, there is m- much wonder. There is much, won- m- many things wonderful about Australian culture, but there's many things petty, too. You know, we've got petty people, we've got wonderful people. You know, I, I get together with a lot of people who are just salt of the earth, just really into community, um, all sorts of, you know, great people, uh, great surgeons and all that sort of stuff, and lawyers and, um, you know, and people in all sorts of employment, not just doctors and lawyers, for goodness sake, but um, and people who are passionate about community and helping people who are underdogs and, you know, bring in the refugees. But, you know, there are other people who, um, and all that sort of stuff, you know, but there are other people who um, are also nasty and mean you know we've got gangland people um and we've got gangs you know we've got all sorts of things you know we've got murderers um you know she hasn't mentioned any of that we've got serial killers you know the occasional serial killer um you know we've got um parents who've had enough and then you know kill their children and then turn the gun on themselves you know we've got I'd I'd probably be too honest um in a way um because you know if I was writing this forward now you might say oh geez suddenly Australia isn't sounding too good but we're humans and all the other cultures you can mention have got all that hate too and they've got all that love too we're comp you know we're everything we humans we're everything from love to hate from uh, from noble to petty, we've got it all. You know, all cultures are like that. Um, all right, let's get back to her. And, you know, she's she's putting a bit of a positive spin on Australian culture. And good luck to her, too, because that's her job as Governor-General, to try and be a shining light, you know, and, and not, you know, and not the path to darkness, you know. <laughs> okay, here, here she she continues on, and so it's bringing a tear to my eye. <laughs> she's so beautiful. Gentle offerings of art. And all their murders. (laughs) Okay. I have stood in parliaments and town halls. I have sat in learning circles and at water's edge. The further I travel, the more I am convinced that language is the balm and gift of human life. Charge! (laughs) Yeah, that's language too. The word charge, you know, as you charge into battle and slaughter everybody. (laughs) But look, she's got a point. Sometimes it is the balm and gift of human life. But sometimes it's it's an offering of death. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose I could have fun with all of this, but you know. Okay. I am convinced that language is the balm and gift of human life. The first and best tool in our possession. Our capacity to read, write, think and speak reflects and sustains our humanity. I really am going to cry soon. It keeps us in the flow and current of experience and preserves our place in longer patterns of change. Now, in 2009, you know, this was written 10 years ago. I've had this dictionary for 10 years. 
Um, actually, my wife's uncle bought it for us. You know, he knew the importance of English. He's Greek, by the way, but he bought us the Australian National um, Dictionary because he, you know, and for the kids, you know, the kids were just being born then. Look, he knows what he knows what's important. Um, he's he, he has great respect for Australian culture. He said when he came here from Greece, from the village, um, there were other Greeks saying, "Oh, this place got no culture," you know, like we've got. You know, isn't it a coincidence that everyone who comes to a place like Australia thinks, "Oh, we've got the right culture," and they haven't? You know, because you know, obviously they're biased. And we do the same thing when we go to other lands. You know, um, Australians do that too. You know, oh, this place is crap. You know, where's your grand final? <laughs> You, you know, there's 50, there's 500 things. You mean you can't go to the beach and dress in a bikini as a bloke? <laughs> yeah, says an Aussie going to um, Iran. You know. oh, come on, what is this place? <laughs> you know, this is not culture. This is like, this is like a, a, a country that's one big prison. <laughs> we don't like this. Yeah. Um, we want to have a big barbecue and a beer. Watch the footy, and um, and just dress in shorts and thongs, and you know, and that's the women, you know, what's going on, you know, and you know, and also, you know, my 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 best mate's gay, gay as you know, a row of tents, and what he has to just dress in a burqa. All right, yeah, this isn't culture. Yeah, that's what Australians might say when they go somewhere else, you know. So we're just as bad as immigrants that come to Australia, and they. They don't like, you know, our culture, you know. We can be just as bad going to their culture and say, this place is just primitive and crap, you know. All right. It's not a competition, really. Everyone's got culture. Everyone's got their own culture. Right. Now, now I'm back to Quentin Bryce now. Now, in 2009, as our paths seem to steepen, oh, sorry, steepen and protract. Yeah, this is this flowery language. She means, yeah. As we are met with challenges, I'm sure she means something like that. as we as we're being being met with more and more challenges. In um, all right, let's get back to her language, not mine. Now, in 2009, as our paths seem to steepen and protract, we need more than ever. <laughs> we need more than ever to articulate our problems and their solutions, to resist simplifications or substitutions, to connect and put down roots in common ground. Right, um, this fifth edition of the Macquarie, measuring a new awareness of environment and fragility, will mark a turning of the tide in our consciousness, in the span of our response, in the way we give voice to place and place to voice. It records this moment in our journey, as well as our roots. It furnishes the talk of where to next. I feel honoured to speak its first words. Isn't that lovely? She didn't speak the first words um, because someone made the heading page. It says Macquarie Dictionary, 5th edition. Whoever typed that typed the first words. All right, that's all. I wonder if I should... Now, that's an English dictionary. You might think, oh, all English dictionaries are the same. You know, dictionaries written in English, dictionaries on the English language. I bet if I could dig up um, the foreword to the Webster's Dictionary in America, it wouldn't sound anything like that. 
Yeah. And not we are very different to America. And we are very different to England. We're even different from New Zealand. Although we're closer to New Zealand, we were all the same country, really, at one stage. Um, New Zealand was part of New South Wales. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. It would be a very different read, you know. And... Um, okay, I'll leave that. I'll leave it at that. You know, and this is oh, by the way, that's why I, I sometimes I see Americans coming over. Um, I saw one recently, um, an African American come over, came over, an African American come over, mate, and uh, <laughs> and he was giving a talk on, you know, um, race relations, and for all the world, he seemed to be giving the giving the same speech exactly, and it was on the Q and A program, our question and answer program. He seemed to be giving a speech that was unaltered from a speech he might give in America. Yeah, and no one questioned this; they just let him talk, and he was speaking about Australian race relations as if he did not need to modify his message at all from the message he might give in America on this. You know. Now, I'm not saying we're less racist or anything like that, but we're completely different. We've got a, we've got a very different history of race relations, obviously, many similarities, you know. But the point is, I really suspect he didn't modify his message at all um, to um, accommodate uh, um, the, you know, the cultural, the changing culture that he was being dropped into, you know, the difference in culture that he was being dropped into. Um, he was just giving the same old speech that he would give in America and he thought it would, it would, it would just translate exactly. And getting back to dictionaries, um, even if you, um, if you say something in America and, you know, even a word, pick, uh, there are many words, I'm sure, if you say that word in, Austro- in America, like fanny, you know... <laughs> That's the first one that jumped in my head. If you say that in America, it means one thing. If you say that in Australia, it means another thing. This is the sort of thing I'm getting at. Um, all right. Um, now, there's an introduction uh, after this foreword to this um, dictionary, and I could read that, and it says, but I don't think I will. I'll, I'll leave it open. I might and I might not. And the introduction to this dictionary, and dictionaries are a lot more than just words, aren't they? and what their meanings are. Um, <laughs> words and their meanings are a huge thing. There's nuance, there's a lot of stuff buried in words, a lot, you know. It's nowhere, you know, you don't read a dictionary, you don't look up a dictionary to find out what a word means, you know. You look up a dictionary to get a sense of the word as it may apply to whatever, it, whatever, it, um, all the meanings of that word are used in that culture, you know. It's, it's, it's kind of really deep and complex, really, in a good way. Okay, but anyway, this introduction to this dictionary, uh, the um, Cory Dictionary of about 10 years ago, goes like this. The heading is Climate Change and Language Change. All right? Now, I probably won't read it out. Um, but it's an you know, interesting way to start a dictionary, isn't it? Climate change, you know, as a big a big deal at the start of a dictionary. If it was only about the meaning of words, what's cl- who cares about climate change? Shouldn't that be in some other book, not a dictionary? Well, it's in this book, so 
there's a big, there's a lot, you know. Um, there's a lot. A dictionary reflects everything that matters to us. And as of 10 years ago, um, climate change mattered to us, and it still does now, and uh, to a lot of us. And, and language change is always part and parcel of a culture. All right, now that may be the end of the episode, but I have no idea of knowing because sometimes I change my mind and add a bit. Um, bye. I just thought of one thing I could add. I'm going to open the dictionary at random about a quarter of the way through and whatever page it lands on, I'll read out a definition of one word. And I have no idea what that... I'm going to close my eyes and um, I will jab the page with my finger and see what word it is. (laughs) Just for the amusement of it. Ah, The winter evenings must fly by in my house for me to... um, (laughs) be interested in such stupid things. I'm still a child. Okay, ready, set, go. And pointing now and opening my eyes and it is chemical. Of or concerned with the science or the operations or processes of chemistry. A substance produced by or used in a chemical process. Oh, that's sneaky. Now I have to read out, read chemistry to find out what chemistry is because you can't you can't know what chemical is without knowing what chemistry is. Where's chemistry? See what they do? They suck you in. Chemistry. The science concerned with the composition of substances, the various elementary forms of matter, and the interactions between them. Well, that speaks a hell of a lot to Western culture, especially, doesn't it? See, this culture infused throughout a dictionary. <laughs> um, and definition two, um, chemical properties, reactions, etc. Now, theoretically, you'd have to go and look up science now to get an idea of our culture. You know, because chemistry here um, is a word that is found within our culture, because in our dictionary, within our language. So then you'd have to look up, look up the word science. And can I just say that once you started looking up that word, you would open a huge... Um, it's, it's like opening a door to a whole world, and it would never, ever stop. Have you ever done that? I've, I used to do that when I was a kid with the dictionary. You'd look up a word, and that would refer to another word, and then that would refer to another word. And you'd end up reading the, up, the whole dictionary. But there you go, we just touched on something, didn't we, that is part of Australian culture as well. Not only Australian culture, but it's deep in our culture. It goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. And I'm sort of talking about British Australian culture here. Um, Our culture goes back way before um, 1788 when the first Europeans arrived um, to as settlers and convicts on these shores. Our culture goes back before then. You know, people say, oh, your culture's only 250 years old. I say, no, it's not. Um, it's thousands of years old. It's at least sixty-five thousand years old. It's at least eighty thousand years old. We did, yeah. You know, the first settlers didn't come here. The first settlers and convicts and so on didn't come here with no culture. They had a fully formed set of laws the day they landed here. 
It was already an old culture. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, then. You know, it's like saying the Huns, the Hungarians, you know, whatever. The Huns started their culture when they landed in what is known today as Hungary. Yeah. Is that when their culture started? Because if it is, and no Hungarian will allow that sort of thinking, or no Magyar anyway, no, no Hungarian will allow that. You know, that Hungarian culture is only a thousand years old. They say, bullshit, you know. Well, that's what they would say. I would never swear. And they would say, we go back <laughs> thousands of years to the steppes of, you know, Asia. Um, I would say, all right, well, same goes for me. You know, my culture goes back thousands of years as well. All right. It was fully formed the day it got here. Okay. And you know where I'm getting at. All right, that'll do for this episode.